Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we'll be talking about the Hawks' 113-96 win over the New York Knicks. In a pivotal Game 4, the Hawks get a commanding 3-1 lead in the first round series, as the Hawks get a huge game from Danilo Gallinari. The Hawks defended home court at State Farm Arena, getting two wins, and look to close out the series in New York. Without further ado, let's get into it. The Hawks held it down for two games in State Farm Arena and head up to New York to try to close out the series against the New York Knicks. And they did it in pretty spectacular fashion. This was a game that went back and forth a lot in the first half, and the Knicks certainly had some opportunities to take a lead. But the Hawks were able to battle through all of that and take a 53-49 to lead at halftime and then just explode in the second half where the Hawks got up by as many as 23, 20-plus points and hold off the Knicks. And we even got to see some of the Hawks reserves come in, in the into the fourth quarter with Nathan Knight, Skylar Mays, and Chris Dunn all in getting to see some time on the court. But it was just another really good game from the Hawks. And again, it starts at being at State Farm Arena. They busted out the MLK jerseys and the beautiful court with that logo in the middle. And again, it seems like when the Hawks put on those jerseys, they just can't be beat. But early on, the Knicks were taking it to the paint. The Knicks actually got really good games from their big three players of Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, and Derrick Rose. And it was a really good thing to see the Hawks withstand those good games. Ended up winning this game 113-96. to Again, they built a huge lead in the second half, and the Knicks really had no answer for it. But early on, the Hawks could not get a three-point shot to fall. In fact, the Hawks only hit one of their first 13 three-pointers, and it really allowed the Knicks to hang around. The Knicks, again, went with their starting lineup with Derrick Rose and Taj Gibson in there. It was funny, I think at the beginning of the game, Taj Gibson said something to Clint Capella to like either try to get him to let him win the tip or something, but Clint Capella won it. But the Knicks would get down a little bit early. The Hawks would take a couple leads. Um, in fact, Trey Young uh, helped with either scored or assisted on the Hawks' first 13 points, and it looks like the Hawks might cruise. Again, their poor shooting from three-point land. Um, sort of let the Knicks stay in this one. But the Knicks got good performances in the first, again, from Derrick Rose and Julius Randle, who probably thought, like, thank God I'm finally having a good first quarter. Um, but the Knicks would take a four-point lead very briefly at the end of the first quarter on an R.J. Barrett three-pointer. And the Hawks would be able to come right back down and hit a three-pointer themselves to cut that four-point lead to one. And the Knicks got another good look, but unfortunately, R.J. Barrett couldn't uh, get the shot off before the buzzer went off because he hit another three-pointer that would have pushed that lead to four. In the second quarter, the Hawks started the quarter on a 9-0 run and really did not look back. This was a little bit of a back-and-forth quarter when the Hawks would outscore the Knicks 28-23, to but the Knicks did a nice job of not letting that first flurry kind of knock them out. <clears throat> they would go on a 6-1 to run of their own, and the Hawks would trade that with a 6 one of their own, and it looked like the Hawks might be able to pull away. But again, the Knicks were able to call a timeout and go on a run to take another lead at the end of the second quarter. The Hawks would immediately respond after a timeout from Nate McMillan and go on an 8-0 run in the next 45 seconds to put the Hawks up 51-44. to And that was ultimately the big flurry for the Hawks that helped them stretch this lead out and get a lead going into the second half and really help the Hawks like contain this game and, and really put the Knicks away. This was a big crowd. It was a Sunday day game, and I think there were a little more Knicks fans 
this time than there were uh, at Game 3. But any time the Knicks did anything well, the Knicks fans were getting loud and trying to start some chance. I thought the Hawks fans did a nice job of shutting those down and, again, went hard on Julius Randle any time he touched the ball or went to the free throw line. The Hawks were Hawks fans were cheering overrated and really trying to get on, in on the Knicks players' uh, confidence. But after at half, it felt like this was going to be a back-and-forth game and one where the Knicks did a really strong job against the Hawks in the first half on their three-point shooting and really limited what the Hawks would do. Now, in the second half, the Hawks started off with a 15-5 to run. Um, they would end the quarter on a 5-0 run capped by Bogdan Bogdanovich hitting a three-pointer kind of with two and a half seconds left that helped the Hawks build an 88-71 to lead going into the fourth. But the Knicks really did not do themselves any favors. There were a couple times when the Knicks were able to get the game into single digits. They had a chance to get it even closer than that. Um, they had a fast break where Reggie Bullock had an opportunity to uh, feed a teammate for an easy layup and walked. They had a couple of really boneheaded fouls. Julius Randle had a foul where he was going for a basket. Initially, the call was on John Collins, but on the replay, it showed Julius Randle kind of hitting John Collins really forcefully in the face with his elbow so badly that John Collins would ultimately have to go get some stitches in the locker room. But that that foul was turned around and put on to Julius Randle. So that was a five points, a little bit of a swing in and of itself. And um, again, the as the Knicks started to get further and further behind, you could see the frustration boiling over. In the fourth quarter, this would show itself with Gallo kind of harshly rebounding on um, Reggie Bullock again. And at a timeout, Reggie Bullock charging down at the Hawks uh, bench area before he was restrained by some teammates. And then Julius Randle getting a flagrant foul of its own by kind of just unnecessarily just pushing Gallo on one defensive possession. Um, noted Hawks, hothead, uh, Kevin Herter. I am being extremely uh, sarcastic with that remark. He got pushed down, and Nerlens Noel sort of walked over him, and uh, Herter did not take kindly to that and stood up and tripped Nerlens Noel and got a flagrant foul call for an action that was not related to basketball at all and sent Nerlens Noel to the floor. But these are two teams that are tired of playing each other, and it's going to be important for the Hawks going into game four or game five in New York to be ready for whatever the Knicks have in store. Again, that foul, foul from Julius Randle was a little bit of out of character, and one thing that I think has been shown in this uh, series is just how frustrated Julius Randle can be when he's getting constantly double teamed. Um, and he just, he doesn't have a very vocal game. His game reminds me a lot of Joe Johnson and he's not the type of leader who's going to come out and say a lot after the game. When he was asked about his foul on Danilo Gallinari, he said something to the effect of, I'm not going to let that happen to my teammates or something, but he just doesn't, he's not very clear and it doesn't portray on the court that he's like really the leader of this team. Derek Rose has really done a good job of coming into the starting lineup and really taking control of the team. He had another good game where he was seven from 15 from the field, two of four on three pointers. He hit his first two threes. It felt like Derek Rose was not going to miss, but he'd end with 18 points, two rebounds and six assists. But Randall, as much as he got going and he had a nice game, seven of 19 from the field, seven of nine on his free throws, just two of four on threes for 23 points. He had a double double with 10 points. He did have five fouls and two steals. And he can just, he doesn't seem to, he, he's more of a quiet guy, again, much more like Joe Johnson, who is not going to try and draw attention to themselves and just wants to go on the basketball, basketball court and take uh, and get their job done. 
But in this series, he's been really taken out of his element and being a number one, it's really tough for him. And when you compare that to Trey Young, who had another monster game, just nine of 21, four of 14, three-point shooting, but he ended up with 27 points, nine assists, a steal. He really was getting to his shot. He was pressing a lot early. Again, I think in both games in Atlanta, the Hawks as a team were short, sort of pressing early on, uh, maybe in response to playing in front of their home crowd. But Trey Young would end with 27, nine assists, a steal. The steal was just awesome. There was a broken up alley-oop attempt, and the Knicks were trying to get the ball up the court. Trey steps in for the steal, goes to the corner and hits a three-pointer, and just another big swing for the Hawks. But Trey Young has really basked in the glow, whether it's been at Madison Square Garden or here at State Farm Arena, of being the number one on the Hawks. Whether he's finding his teammates or getting scoring on his own, he's chirping along with Taj Gibson. It was interesting to see both uh, Trey and Taj Gibson just say, it's just basketball when asked about what they're talking about and sort of dismissing that side or at least refusing to talk about it and just saying that, you know, trash talk on the basketball court is just that, trash talk on the basketball court. But Julius Randle just doesn't seem to have that same flair or um, same t leadership style as Trey Young has. R.J. Barrett, this was definitely his best game for the Knicks. 8 of 15 from the field. He was really attacking the basket. It didn't matter who the Hawks put on him. He was trying to get to the basket and get layups. He was 2 of 6 on his three-pointers. Again, he had a three-pointer that would have counted if he had gotten it off in time but didn't. 3 of 4 at the free-throw line for 21 points. He had 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. Um, with the starters, he was minus 7, which was the best uh, plus minus for any of the Knicks starters. And I just thought RJ played a lot of under controlled. He was getting to his spots. He does a little bit of trash talking, but he was really just getting to his spots and really letting his play do the talking. Um, to round out the starting five, Gibson again starts for the Knicks. He was just three of four, six points, three rebounds, and an assist, and two steals. But Tosh Gibson is doing a little bit of everything on the court for the Knicks, whether he's battling Clint Capella whether he's trying to get under the Hawks' skin on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Taj Gibson had a nice little game, and he was having definitely co multiple conversations, whether it was with Clint Capella or Trey Gibson. Tra Trey Gibson. Trey Young. Trey had an awesome move on Gibson where he was. the Hawks were able to get Gibson matched up with Trey Young. Trey Young sh shook him, got a long two-pointer off, and then got fouled, and they didn't call it. Um, but Trey made the basket, and it was just um, really good to see that back and forth. Off the bench, the Knicks got a strong performance from Alec Burks. He played over 25 minutes. This was actually a, a game where Derrick Rose didn't play as many minutes as he had been playing in the series, but Burks played over 25 minutes, was 4 of 12 from the field, 2 of 6 on three-point land for 12 points, 6 rebounds and assists. Obi Toppin had 13 points, most of his baskets coming in garbage time at the end of the fourth quarter, but he continues to bring energy off the bench for the Knicks. Unfortunately, he had a, a tip-in that got called off because it was a little early, but Obi Toppin continues to move. There's actually one play where he had a beautiful cut to the basket, and the Knicks didn't see him at all, and you can just see kind of the disappointment because he was wide open. He's a guy that wants to get up and dunk, just like his dad's nickname uh dunker's delight obi Toppin could throw it down and um i thought he was a little hesitant on three pointers but obi Toppin, 13 points and three rebounds was nice nerland's noel after getting to the free throw line 12 times in the previous game he only got there twice on those flagrant foul free throws from uh kevin herter's foul he had one point two rebounds and that was the extent of nerland's noel's impact
on the Hawks, we talked about Trey. The next best Hawk was definitely John Collins. JC had his best game in the series. 22 points on 6 of 10 shooting, 2 of 3 from 3-point land, 8 of 8 from the free throw line. Anytime John Collins gets more than 5 free throws, it's really encouraging for the Hawks because that means he's being aggressive and effective on the offensive end of the court. Again, he didn't get to play as long as he would have because he had a busted lip and had to go get stitches in the middle of the game. But he'd finish with those 22 points, 8 rebounds, an assist, just 2 fouls. Again, if um, John Collins is able to stay out of foul trouble, he is a huge weapon for the Hawks. Bogdan Bogdanovich had a little bit of a quieter game. He hit a couple of really big 3-pointers, timely 3-pointers. But he was just 4 of 9 from deep for 12 points. He had 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals to just 2 turnovers. The Hawks, again, to, again, really rely on having one of Trey and or Bogdan on the court at the time. Although Nate McMillan went to a full second, full bench squad at, at the end of the first quarter, and it was a little bit of a flashback. And, like, come on, Nate. Like, we don't need to see the full bench unit. But um, Bogdan and Trey have been really good at controlling the offense for the Hawks. Clint Capella, 4 of 6, 2 of 4 from the free throw line for 10 points. He had 15 rebounds. The Hawks did a nice job on the glass in this game. They out-rebounded the Knicks 48-39, to which is huge. The Knicks have done a really good job on Clint Capella and John Collins so far, and so the Hawks figuring out ways to uh, win the battle on the glass is huge and gives them a big cushion. That's, that's an area that if the Hawks are able to take advantage of that, they can just get much better looks than the, than the Knicks can, and uh, it really showed in the sh- shooting for the Hawks. After that 1 of 13 start from three-point land, the Hawks went 14 of 26 the rest of the way. That's over 50%, obviously very good. Um, And after hitting 16 threes in Game 3, the Hawks came back and hit 15 in Game 4. So that three-point shooting is huge for the Hawks. But Clint Capella on the glass was big. He also had two assists. And then DeAndre Hunter, he's able to just come in and fill the cracks. He was just 2 of 7 from the field, had a really strong and one off a really tough pass from Bogdan Bogdanovich on a fast break. But Hunter was 2 of 7, had 5 points, 2 rebounds, a block. He only played 28 minutes. It's nice to see the Hawks be able to limit his minutes and still get a big win. Now off the bench, this game was the Danilo Gallinari game. He was 6 of 9 for 21 points. He got to the free throw line 8 times, made all 8 of his free throws, 4 rebounds, an assist, just 2 fouls, was plus 17, and was getting under the skin of the uh, New York Knicks, whether it was Reggie Bullock or Julius Randle. The Knicks just really don't care for Danilo Gallinari, and he's used that to his advantage. He was, again, able to get to the free throw line eight times, and his 21 points were just huge for the Hawks. The Hawks would have six players in double digits, and Gallo was a big reason why the Hawks were able to blow this game open in the second half. Kevin Herter was four of seven from the field. 13 points after his flagrant foul on Nerland's Noel. He went on his own 5-0 run by himself. Um, he was really upset at that call, and it was good to see him be aggressive. As it's often said, and an aggressive red velvet is a good red velvet, so it's good to see him continue to play that well. He had three rebounds, an assist, and four fouls. Solomon Hill continues to come off the bench in the, now in the series. One of two hit a big three-pointer at the end of the first quarter to keep the Hawks in the game. Um, and he had two rebounds and one assist. A Kongwu came in and had a pretty good little one. Um, if they're able to have a effective five backup of the five behind Capella, that would be huge for the Hawks. But he came in, hit two free throws, 
for two points and had three rebounds. And then Lou Williams came in, and it wasn't the best Lou Williams. He was plus 11 and had three assists and one steal, but he was not. his shot was not falling. So hopefully up in New York at MSG, he will get it going in game five. But really strong performance from the Hawks up and down the bench. Shooting-wise, they'd finish the game 36 of 82. Again, 15 of 39 overall in this game, but 14 of their last 26. Um, they got to the free-throw line 28 times. It was really encouraging for the Hawks to get to the free-throw line so many times after being just destroyed at the free-throw line in Game 3. Um, both teams would have 24 assists. The Hawks getting 24 assists is really huge for their offense. It means that ball's moving and everybody's touching it. One big part of this game was points off turnovers. The Hawks had more turnovers than the Knicks. The Hawks turned it over 11 times compared to the Knicks' 9, but the Hawks were able to score 22 points off of Knicks' turnovers, where the Knicks only scored 6. And a lot of that was the Knicks, after they would get a good turnover, they would turn the ball over themselves and completely negate it. Um, as far as the battle in the paint, the Knicks would ultimately win that 42-30, to 30, um, and they would win the second chance battle as well, 9-2, to two, but it would just not matter as the Hawks outshot the Knicks at the three-point line, 15-9, to nine, um, and the Hawks bench would outscore the Knicks bench, 37-28, to 28, with Taj Gibson and Derrick Rose coming off no longer being on that bench and being starters. It's really tough for the Knicks to generate anything. As this game and series shifts back to New York, it's going to be huge for the Hawks to, to continue to get strong play for their from their bench as uh, venues change. Generally, the home team's bench plays a lot better. And after every game, Nate McMillan has talked about how much each, each subsequent game is that much more difficult to win. And so the Hawks have said all the right things after this game, knowing that the series isn't over. There's still work to be done. Um, and the Knicks are going to pull out everything for this game up in New York. I think a couple of the things that maybe the Knicks do is maybe go back to having one or two of Taj Gibson and Derrick Rose on the bench to try to really use that advantage with the second unit. Um, and they're going to get physical with this team. I thought it, it was a little bit revealing that the Knicks tried to get a little physical at the end of this game. Now, this game was already out of hand by the time that the Knicks tried to start uh, really banging some of the Hawks players. But up in New York, it's going to be a hostile environment with the crowd. And also, these Knicks are going to be playing for their playoff lives. Um, with the way that Trey Young has been playing, anytime they've doubled Trey, he's been able to find the open shooter. And to their credit, the open shooters hit, hit shots for the Hawks. But um, I would expect the Hawks to go up in New York and get a win and close this series out. But Big win for the Hawks in Atlanta. Again, they defend home court, winning both games. And as it moves up to New York, they are up 3-1. That game is on Wednesday, and the Kettlecast will be here to talk about that game then. Go Hawks! Thank you for catching this episode of the Kettlecast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks!